um, that you hear. But 1 Kings chapter 10, um, I want to read a few verses here. And then we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 14. Um, 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 14. We'll start there and read through verses 17. Thank you for standing to honor God's word. It says, Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 600, three score and six talents of gold. Beside that he had of the merchantmen, of the traffic of the spice merchants, and of the kings of Arabia, of the governors of the country. And King Solomon made 200 targets, shields, of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold went to one target. And he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three pounds of gold went to one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. Amen. Now turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 14. First Kings chapter 14. Verse 21, and Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 40 and one years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there, and his mother's name was Nama of An Ammonites. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all their fathers had done. For they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also sodomites in the land. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Sound like a mess was going on. A mess. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shashak, is that how you say that? Shashak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He even took away all, somebody say all, And he took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. And King Rehoboam made in their steed brazen shields and committed them unto the hands of the chief of the guard which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went into the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back into the guard chamber. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam and Jeroboam all their days. And Rehoboam, and Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And his mother's name was Naaman and Ammonitus and Adijam, his son reigned in his stead. Lord, I pray that you would help me these next few moments tonight, Lord, to declare your word in Jesus' name, amen. So I titled this, When We Transition from Shields of Gold to Shields of Bronze. When we transition from shields of gold to shields of bronze. The first thing that I want to talk to you about tonight is your worth. Many of us truly don't understand what value we are in the kingdom of God. And when we don't understand the worth of our lives, that the word of God said we were fearfully and wonderfully made. There are no accidents in the kingdom of God. None. You matter to the kingdom of God. You matter to the Lord. There is great worth upon your life. And I believe the sooner that the church would realize 
what worth we are and how we are valued to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, if he knows every hair that is in your head, amen? I mean, and even when you don't have any, Brother Chris, he still knows underneath the surface what's there, Brother Michael. He still knows what's there. I believe Carrie was saying the other day, she washes her hair, hair falls out everywhere, don't it? But she still got a lot of hair. And God knows Chris is patting his wife. Amen. Any other women have that problem? I think that's what happened to mine. Not really. But I'm telling you, God knows the numbers of hair on our head. And I was thinking about that. When you wash your hair and hair falls out, we're so important that we're right on the forefront of God's mind in that moment. Now, that's, that's very special. I don't know if y'all know that. He said, I know the very hairs that are numbered on your head. So if one hair falls out or if a hundred falls out, then you're on the forefront of Jesus' mind and he knows how many hairs on your head just fell out. He knows how many you got cut off. If you went to the barber shop, he knows how many hair is laying in your barber's, wherever, laying in, the, in, in your barber's floor. God knows. That tells me that no matter where we are, that we are on the forefront of his mind always. Now that's pretty special. We have to know our worth. You see, he said, he said in 1 Kings chapter 10, he said that he made 500 gold shields. Amen? Is that what he said? Now the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 603 score and six talents of gold. Verse 16, and King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold. 600 shekels of gold went to one target. Then if you jump down, verse 17, and he made 300 shields of beaten gold. Somebody had to make these shields of gold. He said they were beaten gold. So they weren't just formed. That tells me that they, they, they mattered to somebody. That gold mattered to somebody. He formed them and he fashioned them. 500 shields of gold. Now I'm gonna tell you something. Something that you don't form and something that you don't fashion and something that you don't work hard at, you're not gonna put much value on it as the one that did that. You ever heard the saying? Whenever, you know, you pay, you pay, for, some, you pay for a vehicle where well, you're not gonna lend it out because whoever you lend it out to don't pay the payment on that. So they're not gonna value it the way that you value it, amen? And so, you know, that's why the ax head sank that, you know, a lot of people will preach that, be careful what you borrow because not everybody is gonna appreciate what's yours because it ain't theirs and it don't cost them a dime. And so we're going to see here in a few minutes that not everybody's gonna value what you value. Not everybody is gonna value what God values, but if you're in this kingdom, I'm telling you, we got to value what God values. Things that may not think that are important to you that are important in the kingdom of God. And God wants to get the church in unity. God wants to get the church one mind and one accord. So Solomon beat these out and he made 200 targets of beaten gold. Then he made 300. So there were 500 shields of gold. Now listen to this. If in today, if you walked into a house of God or if you walked into somebody's house and there were 500 shields in that house made of pure gold, you're looking at a value of about $60 million. That's a lot of worth. That's a lot of worth. Don't you think that if you possess $60 million in your house, then you would protect it? Can I tell you this life that we possess of eternal life is far greater? It's far greater than $60 million. Then why don't we protect it? Did you hear the man of God today said you don't even realize what you've got? How many times has God sent people from all around this world to stand in this pulpit, to stand on this platform and to say to us, you don't really understand what you have? You better guard what you have. You better protect what you have. You better know what you have. I'm talking about people that come from full gospel, Pentecostal houses. I'm telling you that God is using and that is on fire. People that travel around the world, people that travel to churches all in the United States of America. How many people come to this church and do they say that to this house? I heard it again this morning. I heard it again from the man of God. I heard it again today. How many of you have seen a change in Dusty from when he talked Sunday night to this morning? I'm telling you, that's one week of time. He said, Mike, he said, it's like a furnace around here. He said, it's hot. 
He said things get purged out, but I can tell you why. There's a fire, and what does fires do? They purify gold. So if you had $60 million worth of shields, gold shields hanging in your house, don't you think that you would put value on that and protect it? You say yes, but if it don't cost you anything, you really won't. If it don't cost you anything, all you'll go around and say, guess what's at our church? Guess what we have? Hey, come see it. But then when somebody comes and they start treating them gold shields however they want to treat it, you do nothing about it. We talk about it. We talk about it everywhere we go. But when we see somebody touching the deity and the presence of God in the house, because that's what gold represents, is the presence of God and the deity of God, I'm telling you what we possess is far greater and worth more value than $60 million and 500 gold shields. But yet we treat it like it really don't even matter whatsoever. We come and we go as we please, as we want to, but yet we'll see somebody touching the presence and the deity of Almighty God, and we won't say anything. We'll say, just let the pastor do it. Because it don't cost us anything. But when things begin to cost you something, then you'll begin to defend it and stand up for it and protect it. Well, let me tell you what. It cost Jesus his very life. I said it cost Jesus his very life. So when we begin to get to the place in our life where we understand that the life that flows in this place don't come from any man. Man has to let it flow, but it does come from a cross of Calvary. And you know that the cost of this was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And we know that no dollar amount can be put on this. I'm telling you that the worth of what God is doing in this house and in your lives is far greater than $60 million. But you know what the problem is? We've reduced the cost of that. We've reduced the cost of that. We've moved from gold to bronze. Somebody in this church, because I'm telling you, I don't have a full understanding of even what I'm going to say tonight, but the Holy Ghost does. Somebody tonight in this church, you had gold shields at one time in your life, but you've exchanged it for a bronze. I'm going to tell you the difference in gold and bronze. Gold represents the deity of God and the presence of God. While bronze is the metal of humanity. It gets dull. It gets tarnished. And you have to polish it. But listen to me. From a distance, polished bronze and gold may look similar. They may look the same. And from a distance, people say, oh, that's good. Look at the sparkle in that. But the whole time, somebody's reduced the cost. Somebody's reduced the cost because gold weighs a little bit more. Gold's going to get heavier to carry. Well, I just got tired of carrying that. Well, it just costs too much. This call just cost too much. This call began to get heavy in my life and I don't know how much more I can take. God is asking some of you to give up more and more and more and you're like, I don't know what else I can take. It's just heavy. And so instead of just carrying the gold and know that you're carrying the presence and the deity of an almighty God, we exchange the gold for bronze and we begin to try to work out our salvation not in the grace of God but in our own works. And we exchange the gold for the bronze and we begin to try to do that in our own human will because the gold is costly. I get tired of always having to protect Sometimes I just want to just let my hair down. I'm just tired. Anybody ever get there? There's some young people. Brendan, I'm talking to you tonight. There's a call of God on your life. And I not dare am I going to back down and let the devil. You're going to carry a gold shield, Brendan. You're going to carry a gold shield. You are. We fought hell right before we got in this house tonight. 
But I'm telling you, I sat there and I wage war for my boys. I wage war for that boy right there. God just gave me the scripture this morning and I didn't know we would face the things we face. I know it gets hard sometimes. Dalen, you're the same. I'm telling you, Brooke, you're the same. Lakin, you're the same. And I'm just telling you, that's mine. And I'm on a fight for them. I'm on a fight for Colby and Taylor. I'm on a fight. There's a generation that God promised me in his word that he's going to pour his spirit out upon. Chase, the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon your life and you think that I'm going to sit back? I used to fight the devil to get high. You think I'm not going to fight the devil for a generation and let my kids or your kids fall by the wayside? You've got another thing coming. I said you've got another thing coming. I know this gold gets heavy, but my God, it's worth it to stand up church and fight for it and protect it and if if I can't, then my God, come alongside me and my family and I'll come alongside you because there's times you can't do what I can do and there's times I can't do what you can do. But all together, we join together in unity and power and authority and watch what God will do together. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can't exchange gold for bronze. We can't. We can't. Why would we want to settle for second best? Why would you want to settle for an imitation? <laughs> you got to keep a rag with you constantly, Brother David, and shine that thing up. <laughs> you never have to touch the gold, but it just gets heavy. <laughs> Sometimes carrying that gold shield, you might have to get somebody to help you. You might even have to set it down and let it rest for a minute. That's biblical. You can do that. Amen. You can take a break for a minute. You can rest for a minute. But I promise you, you don't have to take something and constantly polish it. Amen. You don't have to constantly clean that thing up. Ain't that what a lot of us do? We just put on fake smiles. We just polish it up a little bit. We just polish that old head up a little bit. It's an imitation. A lot of us are carrying gold shields tonight in this house. We've traded gold for bronze. And God is ready for the church of Jesus Christ to don't do any more trades. We can't trade our gold shields any longer for bronze. Do you know what the, what the value of the bronze shield is? If there was 500 here, $5,000. $5,000 in, in value according to the world versus 60 million. Now apply that to the kingdom of God in spiritual matters. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? <laughs> what shall it profit us? I know gold shields get heavy, but I can tell you this one thing. Them gold shields mattered to Solomon. They mattered to Solomon. They were set in place in that house, in that temple. It cost him something. He beat them things into place, 500 I said it cost him something, but his son Rehoboam, it didn't matter to him. And so when there was a war going on, instead, oh, when there was a war going on, and instead of them shields being in somebody's hand and fighting the battle, when all the sin and all the turmoil and everything was going on in the world, you think that them shields should have been hanging on the wall? Some of you put your battle armor and you've hung it on the wall and you wonder why every time the devil walks in, he can just pull it off the wall. That's cause you're not fighting the war. You put your armor on the wall. I'm telling you, church at GFCC, it's time that you get your call off the wall. It's time you get your shield off the wall. There's enough going on around us right now. We got to get what God has called us to do off the wall. No wonder why every time the devil walks in, he can just take this, take that. We got our children on the wall. We got our call on the wall. We got our church attendance on the wall. We got our ties on the wall. We got everything on the wall. And we wonder why the devil can walk right up in the house and take everything that he wants and do what he wants. My God, let's get it off the wall so the devil can't have his way. Everything that was going on, the perversion, everything that was going on, why were them 500 shields hanging on the wall? Why? I promise you what God's called you to do isn't to look pretty. It's not to look pretty. It's not an attack up on the wall. So what happened? 500 shields. It cost Solomon everything. $60 million worth of shields just hanging there. Well, war's going on. When a war's going on, what do you think that you need to do? 
You need to be waging war. You don't be nailing shields to a wall then, do you? Amen. Isn't that what he said? Let's look here. 1 Kings chapter 14. There was a king. Verse 25, and it came to pass in the fifth year. Now you think about this. All it took was five years. Solomon built everything. And in five years, his son lost it all. You think, you know why I said I'm okay with the tug that was going on in here earlier? I'm okay with that. Because God wants to stir something up in us. He wants to awaken us. Y'all came in here so on fire this morning. Are we dragging tonight? It's not time to drag, church. You can't wear your gold shield in here on Sunday morning and your bronze. <laughs> you can't wear your gold shield Sunday morning and your bronze shield on Sunday night. It don't work that way. We got to be carrying the right shield to the right war at all times. We got to get what we need to get off the wall. Amen. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, Shashak, king of Egypt came up against Jerusalem and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. Now you tell me, kind of sounds like what the enemy's wanting to do right now. Take away the treasures of the house of the Lord. You got to wear a mask in California when you're in church. You can't sing. Now, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. They won't let you sing. They won't let you worship. You can't do this. You can't do that. Let's shut the church doors. What is the enemy trying to do in the world? Take away the treasures of the house of the Lord. And I can tell you this, that if our golden shields are hanging on the wall and the church don't have them on, then it's going to be very easy for wicked kings and wicked people to move right in and take everything and you'll never even know it. So this king, Shishak, and his name means greedy over, let me just look at it real quick, Shishak. His name means greedy of fine linen. <laughs> kind of sounds like a devil to me. Amen? The king of Egypt, he's greedy over fine linen. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. Can I tell you, that's exactly what the enemy's doing. He's taking away conviction from the house of the Lord. <laughs> taking away worship out of the house of the Lord. Taking away praise out of the house of the Lord. Taking away services. Sunday night, well, what's the importance of that? Taking away times to meet together as the assembly can come together. Just taking away the treasures of the house of the Lord. Slowly but surely. And you know what is appalling to me? Is that so many of us don't even realize and we've not been awakened at yet what the enemy is doing. And he's just moving right in. We should be waging war, but instead our shields are hanging on the wall and they look like a pretty toy and somebody can just look at, oh, what we have built and look at what we have done instead of waging war. Let me tell you what, our golden shields should have blood all on them. They should have the enemy's... <laughs> they should have pieces of the enemy all on them. I'm telling you this one thing. They shouldn't be hanging up on the wall. Amen. They shouldn't be. Verse 26, and he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. And he even took away all. And he took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. I'm telling you, church, there's a generation that don't care what our forefathers Message in tongues is given now today in the church and we just open the door and slam it. I thought it was a holy God. Treasures, precious, few and far between do the gifts operate in a church, but yet we treat it how we want to. Every week, I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm gonna brag on you as a church, but I'm telling you the Holy Ghost moves in this house. Amen. He just does. The Holy Ghost moves in this house. We're blessed. But yet we'll take it for granted week after week. If I, feel, don't feel, if I don't want to come, I don't come. If I do want to come, I come. And if I get there, then I'm going to get out whenever I want to get out. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to treat it how I want to treat it. That scares me. That scares me. But I can tell you, 
There's more of that than there's not of that. There is more of that than there's not of that. I can tell you there's a generation right now that needs to know the importance of the assembly of the house of God. Church isn't the answer, but who's here is. And Christ is the answer. Amen? Christ is the answer. We need to know, our children need to know, our teenagers need to know. Why, I mean, why can't this be fun? Why can't this be fun tonight? It is to me. But we've taught a generation that it's boring. I'm telling you, church isn't boring to me. This isn't boring to me. Amen. Not boring to me at all because I know what boring is. I know what death looks like. And we need to teach a generation of the reality that if you're not here in this house and if you're not a part of the kingdom of God, then you're a part of the kingdom of the world. And there's only one answer to that world out there and it is death, hell, and the grave. Amen. That's all that there is. But my God, there's something beautiful and precious about being in the assembly of Almighty God. There's eternal life. There's abundance of life. There's joy and peace and happiness. I get to dance in the Holy Ghost. I don't have to live depressed. I don't have to live strung out, wrung out, or drug out. I don't have to live that way anymore. But church, we've made it boring. We've made it stale. But I'm telling you, I serve a God that is alive and well. It's time you and I, as the church of Jesus Christ, get the gold shields off the wall and let's begin to fight. I'm telling you, if my children will wear a gold shield, they'll enjoy this war. God won't let it get boring. He won't. He won't let it get boring. Brother Marcus, have you enjoyed this life with Jesus? He was appalled. He didn't, I ain't doing that. But look at the difference in this guy. I had a long conversation with Brother Dusty the other day. He said, in all my life since I was 13 years old, been to prison nine times. That's just prison. That's not, that's not jails. That's not county jails. That's not overnight stays. That's not longevity stays. He said, ever since I was 13 years old until four years ago, he said, I had one period of time. He's 44 years old. So from 13 to 44, except take away the last four years that he's been out, he had five years out of prison. He said, it's all I knew. He said, it's all I knew. He said, I was so wicked and so vile. He said, and I would get out and I would look for the next thing that I could do wrong just to go back. He said, I didn't have to pay bills. I didn't have to cook food. I didn't have any responsibility. But some of you do that in your walk with God. You get in the cycle. And church is only church. What a shame. What a shame. That we check off two or three or four hours a week. What a shame. I come to church because I get to see Jesus in you. Church isn't something that I check off my list. That's not what it is to me. This is life. This is where our life is. This is where we're sustained at. This is where we're encouraged at. This is where we find freedom at. And I'm telling y'all, young people, listen to me. This isn't boring. I promise you, get involved. Pick up, a, pick up your shield. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I'm going to fight for my children. I dare to sit back and let y'all not pick up your shield. I'm telling you. I'm tired of seeing people trade a gold shield in for a bronze. I'm tired of it. The bronze is similar, but the bronze is lesser in value and will tarnish. You keep fighting for your life to be just how it is. It's going to wear out. <laughs> Young people, hear me. You're going to get tired of having to keep polishing. Trying the next thing. Trying this. Doing this. Doing this. It gets tiring after a while. Can I tell you that's what religion does too? I keep having to get better. So let me f f polish it here. Let me polish it here. That's what religion does too. I'm telling you, church, we need to be fighting. Amen. Verse 28, and, and it was so when the king went into the house that he guard bare them and brought them back into the guard chamber. I'm sorry, verse 27. And King Rehoboam made in their steed brazen shields 
and committed them unto the hands of the chief of the guard which kept the door of the king's house. First thing, you got to know your worth. The second thing is you can't put your golden shields on a wall because the enemy will come in. And when King Shishak came in, it was very easy for him just to take 500 golden shields. They were not protected. They were not watched. They were not guarded. They were just left wide open. So who wouldn't take that? Many of us have done that with the call of God upon our life. Many of us have just opened our life that is in so much value to God. We've just left it wide open. We've hung our calls up. We've hung our ministries up. We've hung our children up. We've hung our family up. And we wonder why hell's coming in and just wreaking havoc. I can tell you why. It's time we get them off the wall. Amen. Get them off the wall. You don't put your faith and nail it to a wall. Amen. You don't take faith and nail it to a wall. The third thing I want to tell you is there's a war. There's a war. If you don't know it yet, there's a war. There's a war. It's a war every service to get to this pulpit. There's a war. There's a war over our children. There's a war over our marriages. There's a war over this church. There's a war over this school. There's a war over this property. There's a war everywhere you go. Did you hear what the man said this morning? We got to receive because the war you fought. There's a war. How can we wage war if our shields are hanging on a wall? GFCC, how can we be what we need to be if we're not saying yes to the call of God? We've hung them on the wall. Now I know, I know, some of you are totally all the way in. And I'm not talking to you. Some of you, your faith challenges me. Your faith challenges me. But some of you need to go to the wall tonight and you need to get your call off the wall. You need to get your anointing off the wall. You need to get your prayer life off the wall. You need to get your altar working service off the wall. Some of you have sat still long enough and I'm sick and tired of seeing the devil win. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing you carry your bronze shield in place of a gold one and I know there's gold shields all around these walls tonight and I believe there's going to be an exchange. I just hold up my... I keep hearing the word exchange. And I believe there's going to be an exchange tonight in this house. Some of you are tired of always having to polish your shield. You know what? God's tired of seeing you wore out, always having to polish your shield. He's ready for you to be able to see the reflection of you and him in your shield. And I promise you, in a gold shield, you'll be able to do that. I know it gets heavy, but I'm telling you, God is faithful and his grace is enough. I'm telling you tonight, church, there is a war and it is time that you and I would fight in this war together. We got to quit warring against one another. We got to quit warring in our marriages. We got to quit warring with our children. We got to quit warring with ourselves. And we got to know that this fight that we're in is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers in high places. I'm telling you, church, there's a real devil out there and he's not going to overcome you and I. It's time you and I, as the church of Christ, the church at GFCC, it's time that we be awakened and get our goal shields off the wall get rid of the bronze throw it down my God and pick up because you matter to God you're worthy in God's eyes you may not be in yours but to God you are so quit telling God that you amount to nothing when God died for you sent his son for you and it's his eyes you're everything to him hallelujah that is one of the most most stinking senses selfish, arrogant statements that a person could say, I'm just not worthy. None of us are. But when Jesus died and bled for you and I, and you're his daughter or son, for you to tell him you're not worthy is to look in his face and spit upon him. That's what you do. And he already went through that. So why would you want to keep doing it? Why would you want to keep being the one that Hits him over and over again and said, what you've done ain't good enough. What you've done ain't good enough, Jesus. And you just, 
Just spit in his face and just hit him again. Keep saying you're not worthy. You're just hitting Jesus all over again. You're saying you're not good enough, Jesus. You're not good enough, Jesus. Come on, somebody come do this. Somebody come hit Jesus for me because that's what you're doing. Every time you say no to his call, you're saying, Jesus, you're not good enough. Jesus, you're not good enough. And you just smack him again. You spit in his face again because you're saying, I'm not worthy. And he said, I didn't ask you if you were worthy. When I died, I said that I'm worthy. And when I came inside of you, then now you're worthy. We got to hang up, church. We got to quit spitting in Jesus' face. Put down the rod and pick up the grace of God and let God move in our life because he's made us worthy. He's made us worthy. Quit hitting him. Quit spitting on him. Imagine if the church would be ignited. What if we didn't have nothing in our hands to hit him with? What if we had the word of God? What if we had our golden shields? If we were in this war, brother, we wouldn't have enough time to be hitting Jesus again. I'd be in battle. Amen. It's when we're not in battle that we get in trouble like David did. When we're not in battle, when we're not in our position, is when we all get in trouble. I'm telling you, what got David there? Ah, same thing. Supposed to be in war, I'm going to stay back. You think Bathsheba just showed up? No. If he'd have been on the battlefield where he was supposed to be, he never would have saw her. Never would have saw her. I can tell you, if we'll be in the position that God's called us to be in, it would save us a whole lot of Bathsheba's. It would save us from a whole lot of adulterous affairs. And I'm not just talking about physical. I'm talking about spiritual. Amen. A lot of them. A lot of them. Church, I'm telling you, there's a war. There's a war. Listen to this. Listen at the war. Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they provoked him to jealousy with their sins. And they had committed above all their fathers had done. For they had also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree. That sounds like demonic activity to me. There was a war. Listen to this. And there were also sodomites. Kind of sounds like the world we live in today. Every time you turn around, you're hearing about something happening with a baby. Something happening with a little boy, a little girl. I'm telling you, church, there's a war. Why would we want to sit back and do nothing about the war that we're in? Why would we want to sit back and say, oh, you're just too busy. You got too much going on. I'm telling you, church, it's time that we engage in this war. I'm not just preaching tonight. I'm telling you, Jesus is about to come. You and I don't dictate or determine the rapture of the church. We don't dictate where our husband or wife goes or our children go. But we do dictate what we do until that point. And if we turn our children, our husbands and wives, away from the Lord, we're called up. And whoever's called up, and there's those left behind. You may not be the coolest person right now, but one day, They'll either thank you or they'll hate you. Why didn't you make me do more? My kids may not understand right now. Why you make me be here? It ain't that I want to make them come to church, but I want them to make heaven. I want them to make heaven. I don't want the rapture of the church. God said when we went in this pandemic, we're not going back to normal. Nobody knows even what normal is. And I'm telling you, we're on a downward spiral. It, things aren't going back to what they've ever been. I'm telling you, this world will never go back to what it's ever been. Quit trying to think that it is and quit trying to make it go back to normal. It won't. It's not up to you and I. I'm telling you, this thing is in God's hands now. It's no longer in the hands of man. This thing is in the hands of God. And I'm telling you, we're seeing the Bible unfold and we're living in the end of the end of times. And I'm telling you that it right now, I'm telling you things are going to get bad, but I'm telling you revival's going to take place in the church. I'm telling you at the same time when all hell is breaking loose. I'm telling you, just like the brother said, there's going to be a blood plot around our life. There's a bloodline around our life. I feel it. I see it. I'm telling you, supernatural grace is going to encompass around us and we're going to be okay. But I'm telling you, church, it's not going back to normal. We're trying to think that it's going to be normal. 
We have to quit trying to think that our kids are ever going to know what normal life is again. They're not. Because it's no longer in our hands. It's in God's hands now. So what are we going to do? Are we going to put ourselves in God's hands and say, I'm going with you. Whatever we face, whatever we fight, God. I don't like this. It's scary to me. I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what God's doing. But I know he's leading us. You better start a school and you better catch them kids before they ever get to jail. Start them now before John Wayne has to get them and take them all around the world to a program. Teach them when they're five. The word of God. Marcus said the other day, he said, I knew the truth. He said, because I went to a Christian school. Is that right? And he said, so I knew. And he knew when he came to this church what he had been taught all them years, what was in him. He said, when I got to that heart, he said, it was all still there. He said, that's what drew me. I'm telling you, that's the promise of the word of the Lord. We have to put it in them. But I'm telling you, when there's more of the world, I had a teacher tell me yesterday, he said, I just got an email. He said, I'm fixing to have to start teaching that it's okay for homosexuals to be homosexuals. He said, I can't. He's a spirit-filled man. He said, I can't do that. I can't do that. He said, I'm not doing that. When they learn more about Islam, but Christianity's out the window. I'm telling you, this thing's out of our control now. John Wayne, is it out of your control? You went down to the school. What they tell you? He's going to have to learn. It's out of your hands. It ain't up to you. Amen. It's out of our hands. It's out of our hands. So what has God put into our hands? What we put into our kids. What we put into this church. And I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to do this. And so let me just say this. If you've not hidden the word of God in your heart now, It's a good time to start because it might not be too long. We're just like in China. They ban this and it's against the law to have this. And if you don't have the word already hid in your heart, who knows what's going to take place next. Because it may not be long that if you've not learned the voice of God, a lot of you look at me and say, oh, that journaling, I'm not doing that journaling. The reason we don't want to journal is because we don't want to hear really what God has to say. And so let me tell you, whenever you don't have the word of God and you've not learned to hear the voice of God, then guess what? You're going to be in serious trouble. You're going to be in serious trouble because when they take this, you still have his voice. This is the Logos word, but let me tell you, there's a rhema word too. I'm telling you, the prophets in the Old Testament and the prophets in the New, they followed the rhema word of God. I'm telling you, God would lead them exactly where to go and tell them exactly what to say and exactly when to do it. And I'm telling you, I serve a God that still speaks in the rhema word of God because I'm telling you, if there wasn't a rhema word of God, I would never have anything to say. I'm telling you, God still speaks. I told them women, I taught hearing God the other day, and I said, next to your salvation and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the most important thing that you better know is his sheep hear his voice, and they follow him, and a stranger they do not know. I said, you better know the voice of God, and you better follow it. I said, learn to record it every day. I may not always just write mine down, but I'm telling you, God's speaking. God will speak. You better make it. 
I'm telling you, a priority to know the voice of God. We must. We must. Because we're in war. Did I say that again? We're in war. If you've not known it yet, we're in war. We're in a war. The devil wants to wear us out in this war. He does. He wants to wear us out. Listen. There were sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Then it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak just eased right in. (laughs) Isn't it just like the enemy? Got them wore out, got sodomites in the land. I got everybody's attention on everything. COVID-19 in the land, people riding in the streets. There's a war going on, but the church is too concerned with fighting amongst one another. If we're going to be open, if we're not going to be open, how we're going to do it if we're open. (laughs) What we're going to do if we're open, are you hearing me? We're too busy, and the wicked king walks right up in there, and everything that had value to God is now gone. Didn't even know it. The treasures of the house are gone. The people, the generations before us that hammered out the pioneers of this faith, that it cost them everything in their life. Solomon beat these 500 shields out of gold. It mattered to him. It mattered to God. But it didn't matter to King Rehoboam. You know what he did? He walked right back in. He was going to cover it up. Listen to me this listen to me tonight. Church, we better know the difference in gold and bronze. And we better not settle for second best. King Rehoboam just let the gold go, brother. Didn't even fight for it. He didn't even fight for it. And he just said, We'll make out of bronze. Didn't cost near as much. The value wasn't near as much. And it didn't matter. Can you imagine when a wicked king comes in that the leadership in the church is going to begin to settle for second best? Now I'm going to tell you, people don't believe in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They don't believe what the prophet Joel said. A lot of people are settling that everything's just going to get so bad. I'm telling you, it is. But I'm telling you, in the midst of that, God is going to move and there's going to be a great revival. I'm telling you, there's going to be a great revival. I'm not settling for doom and gloom. I'm telling you, there's going to be a move of God. I'm not settling for bronze. I'm not going to come to church tomorrow or Wednesday and put bronze bronze shields in your hands. I'm just not. I'm going to keep saying, here's gold, you take it. Here's a gold shield, you take it. I'm not going to settle. I'm not going to settle. It don't matter how the devil comes in, church. Listen to me. We cannot settle for bronze shields. We can't. Am I making sense to anybody? I hope so. Because I'm not to me. It says, And King Rehoboam made in their steed brazen shields and committed them unto the hands of the chief of guard which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went to the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back into the guard chamber. There was really no position for them back and forth. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that they did were they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah. You know, it's really sad to know that so many of us have been weakened in our faith. The bronze shield is just a type of our identity, a type of the church. Just being watered down. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And we settle for that. The church seems powerful from a distance. These mega churches, nothing wrong with them. But they carry a bronze shield. People that say they're not going to preach on sin because we don't want it to run anybody off. People that say we're not going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit because we don't want to scare anybody. I believe you better have order when the Holy Ghost moves. I'm telling you, if everybody's babbling off in tongues, the Scripture says, well, the strangers not walk in, lost people, and say, are they not angry? You better be in order in the Holy Ghost if you operate in that. You better be. But I'm telling you, I'm tired of a weak church. 
carry him bronze shields. I'm tired of seeing the church have a form of godliness. Moms, dads, I believe if we pick up our gold shield, our children are going to follow suit. They're tired of seeing us carry bronze shields. I'm telling you, God's called us to wage war. There's such a war going on. There's such a war going on. Such a war. We need to fight. We need to pick up our gold shields. We need to get them off the wall. It's easy target. It's easy target for the devil just to walk right in and do what he wants to with the value that God has placed upon your life. Are you tired of that? I'm tired of that. I'm tired of seeing a generation that the world's give up on, wrote them off. I'm telling you, they're not going to be written off. God is going to use these young people. God's going to use my three children. He is. God's going to. I'm not settling for anything else. I'm telling you, this may not be cool to be at church on a Sunday night. Who cares? What is cool? What is cool? What is cool tonight? What is cool today? What's going to be cool when the rapture takes place and Jesus comes and we're all called up in a moment, a twinkling of an eye? What's going to be cool then? Everything that we thought was cool is going to be what holds us back on this earth. Everything we thought was cool. That's not going to be cool then. You're going to look up and you're going to see mom and daddy. You're going to see your preachers, your pastors. You're going to see people that loved on you and told you the truth about heaven or hell. You're going to say, this really isn't all that I thought that it was. No, it's not. But it's too late now. I don't want that to be anybody in this church. God's called us. You have value. Don't trade your gold shield for a bronze one. Don't. Would you stand with me?